0: Okay, let's turn to Matthew chapter number 20, please. Matthew chapter number 20. And uh, we'll just read a few verses from here that will somewhat tie in with uh, Psalm number 37. So that's where we're going to be. We did the Psalm 37 uh, first already. Okay, Matthew chapter 20. Have you noticed that the weather affects the spirit of people? I, 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 I always find that a curiosity that, well, you know, just uh, if, if the weather's a little bit subdued, people are a little bit subdued. Uh, and our spirit is affected by things, small s, not the Holy Spirit, but our spirit is affected by things and, and uh, that's just something that we contend with. Certainly as somebody preaching, something I contend with, My own spirit, I try to work on having my own spirit right, uh, lest it uh, be problematic in the giving of the message. Remember, was it Elisha, uh, whose spirit was troubled talking to somebody? And uh, he said, uh, bring me a a minstrel, bring me somebody to play something to settle my spirit so that I can talk to you about the things of God. So our spirit can be affected by things, uh, but we're also told that uh, we need to rule over our spirit. And uh, so we, we can't be just subject to our moods. We've got to, be, we've got to be beyond that. It's a sign of immaturity when someone is just led by their feelings. Uh, we expect that from babies at two in the morning, if they, uh, if they have any discomfort or needs or, or whatever. But uh, we also expect as you get older that you get beyond that. So we've got to rule over our spirit. And it's something that I think we always contend with right through to life. Uh, but uh, it's a curiosity. Matthew chapter 20, we're going to read from uh, verse number 20, just a few verses, and uh, most of our thoughts will just be from here. Uh, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, Uh, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptised with the baptism that I am baptised with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So that's where we want to uh, draw a few uh, simple thoughts from uh, this morning. You know, when I read that, it kind of is a simple little reading Uh, But when I read that, I'm kind of glad that the Lord didn't ask me that question. I I think if he'd said to me, um, are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of? Are you able to partake of the baptism? I might have gone, no. Yes, you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I am. I really really wasn't sure. I'd I'd be kind of like, I think so. But anyway, they they clearly got it. They 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 knew that they understood and and they answered and uh, and uh, he responds to them. So so this morning I just want to give a little bit of thought to uh, when you desire something, when you want something. And uh, and uh, verse number twenty, what we read is that uh, the mother of Zebedee's children uh, came worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Now I don't want to. Get distracted, but I do want to say this: there is a pattern in the Bible that worship should come before request. There is a pattern in the Bible that, that you should be thankful and you should offer some worship before you just ask for everything. And, uh, and in our day, I think we bypass that a little bit, but worship is still important to God, and He's worthy of that. And uh, and uh, you know, certainly other cultures would always understand that. Uh, in the culture of the East, uh, if you were going to ask somebody for something, you'd, all, you'd go with a gift. You'd present something first, and, uh, and then you might have a chat about what you would like after that. So she comes, and uh, the Bible, and I mark this in my Bible, the Bible says she's desiring a certain thing of him. We all desire certain things. Uh, desire is something that's just in us all. We didn't make ourselves, God made us part of the way God made us was that uh, we want things, we desire things, we have feelings that desire things. Now those desires do have to be managed and uh, it might uh, be true to say our desires are often an outworking of our heart. So sometimes if our heart is not good, maybe our desires will not be good. Or if sometimes somebody's heart is wicked they might actually desire wicked things. But the concept of desiring something is not wrong of itself. It's how we were made. And, uh, in fact, you might even link desires with aspirations. That if you never desired anything, you'd, you'd probably never do anything. Uh, so desiring is okay. And, uh, you know, I, I desire that, uh, and I pray thus, uh, that uh, God's will would be done on earth as it is being done in heaven. That's my desire. And, uh, and so I pray that way. Uh, I desire that the life I live might be one where it had lasting meaning and purpose and even reward beyond just the tenure of these years that I live on, on, uh, here on earth. I desire that. Uh, so desire is not wrong. Uh, we all we all we all desire some things, and she had a she had a desire, and she didn't err with uh, with the, with that thing coming up. John R. Rice said once, uh, he said it's okay to pray about anything, and I thought that was a really bold statement. It's because okay, I always used to think probably some things it would not be good to pray about that, or probably some things you shouldn't ask that. But he he took the approach, just his, but he took the point of view that. It's okay if you have that desire in your heart to pray that thing, but listen to what God says to you. Listen to the answer that God gives you about that. Uh, and so we have desires, and, and, uh, and uh, the answer here, uh, given, and we'll sort of catch it at the end, verse 23, her desire, she said, I, I wanted that my two sons might sit either side of you, in your kingdom. Now, I don't think she was referring to heaven. I think I think what she was probably thinking was uh, how most of them were thinking that Jesus was going to establish an earthly kingdom, which he will, but he wasn't at that time. And I think what they were thinking was he's the Messiah, and so when Messiah comes to the earth, he rules and reigns for a thousand years. The pastor's been teaching us on through Daniel and through prophecy, uh, but that hasn't happened yet. But they were thinking that, and so her idea was, wouldn't it be good if my two boys could be on either side of Jesus when he's ruling over the whole earth? And uh, so that's that's the thing that she wanted. The answer that Jesus gave her uh, uh, is in verse 23. The last part, it's, last part of verse 23, if you have your Bible open, says it shall be given to them... For whom it is prepared, of my Father, and, and just think about that a little bit. It shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So it seems to me that there indeed will be somebody sitting on the left and somebody sitting on the right when Jesus does rule in His kingdom here on earth. I don't know who they are, uh, but uh, but there'll be there'll be somebody. But whoever whoever they are, uh, apparently uh, that's been prepared for them, and uh, the Father has prepared that for them. And when God prepares something for somebody, uh, God also uh, prepares the somebody for the something. So when God prepares something for somebody, He prepares the somebody for the something. So He prepares the vessel for what He's going to put in the vessel. And I want you to embrace that idea a little bit, that we are vessels uh, the Bible says that we're supposed to rule over our vessel and uh, uh, with a purity and other things to, to, to be watching our vessel. We are likened to vessels, vessel being a container or a, uh, a, 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 a made uh, thing that can hold something else. Uh, every vessel, I think, desires uh, to be filled. Every, if you're a vessel, every vessel has a desire Uh, that it gets used for what it was made for and uh, and that's with vessels now he's not pushing it too far because in uh, 2nd Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 2 Timothy 2 verse 20 it says but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver uh, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor so in a in a great house God has a great house in a great house there are many vessels and uh, those vessels are not all the same. They're, they're, they're made of different things. Uh, they have different purposes. Those vessels are prepared for different things. And uh, so in a great house you have lots of kind of vessels. Alright, so God's house is a great house and uh, there, are, there are many kinds of, of vessels. So, so it's not wrong that, uh, that we would desire certain things, and, uh, and we all do. Uh, you have desires here today, and your desires will change. Um, you know, to a person, and this is not us, but to a person who uh, hasn't had food for two or three days, their desire really is just for food. Their desire at that time doesn't go much higher than that. They just, they just want to eat. To a person who's cold, they just want to be warm. So what, what's your aspiration in life? I'd love a blanket. Oh, just, just one night where I wasn't cold and shaking. Oh. What's, your, what's, your, what's your aspirations in life? What's your goals right now? I was just trying to get some rice. Oh. Right. Now that's not us. That's, def- that's definitely not us, okay? We we get our rice. We uh, that's not us, all right? But here's what happened: is we we have our food, and we have our raiment, and now we desire more, and that's the progression of desire. Is that, uh, is, that is that once you have one thing, you sort of go to another place where you desire something else. Now again. That's not to say that this is wrong, but it's just to say that probably somebody starving is not giving a lot of thought to who's going to be their boyfriend or their girlfriend. They're just hungry. They just, their desires are, but but as you start to get filled with some of those basic things, you start to desire more things. So if you already have your food and your raiment, now maybe you have emotional desires. So uh, you desire somebody in your life. Uh, we, all, we all, I think, desire to be loved or we like it when we're loved and I think in, in uh, all of us is a desire to set our love on another. We, uh, we have those desires where we want to take our love and place it upon another in a special way. We, we probably love your family and others but But I'm just saying this is the mixture of desires that are rumbling around inside of these vessels. Uh, Some desire purpose. Uh, Some some desire peace. The absence of peace can be very tormenting. And so if you have uh, an absence of peace, then you will desire that a great deal. If you already have peace, you may not understand people who, who desire peace. So so the desire, those desires that we have inside of us are not wrong. And uh, verse number twenty, she was desiring a certain thing of him and uh, he didn't rebuke her for that. Uh, in fact, uh, he answers in verse twenty one what wilt thou? what what do you want? I think the Lord would say that to you uh, this morning. Uh, what is it that you desire? what 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 do you want? and uh, if the Lord was really here, and He really asked you that, and you really believed He was going to grant perhaps whatever you said, you'd probably think really carefully about that. I remember being in prayer one time, maybe two times, a bit like this, but but certainly one very clear. I was living in Brackenridge. Can any good thing? Yes, I know. But um, I was living in Brackenridge, and uh, and uh, I was I was married, and we had a little. I guess it was a bloke's shed in the backyard and I was out there praying, it was very hot, there was no air conditioning, Uh, but I was out there praying and I was praising and praying, you know what I'm saying? I was worshipping and praying and I felt a distinct sense of being uttered into the presence of God in a very unusual way. I felt like if I'd opened my eyes, I would have seen a heavenly scene. My eyes were closed but I had the distinct feeling that uh, you know, sight as it were, with my eyes closed. Oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here, and I thought I'd been ushered in. And I, and I, at that moment, I, I felt the Lord say, "Ask what you will, or what, what is it that you?" W- w-? And uh, I fell silent. I didn't know what to say. Every time I, I went to say something, I just, I just felt. I felt once I got in the presence of God, there really wasn't anything I wanted. Everything was answered, everything was okay. For that moment, everything just seemed like all those other things just fell away. And I wasn't expecting that, but I just didn't really have, uh, I didn't know what to say. And, and, And so, you know, anyway, praying and asking God for some things, not wrong, what wilt thou, is what he said, what... What is it that you want? I wonder this morning what is it that you want from the Lord? I wonder even if your prayer life are you, are you a little bit specific with your prayers? Uh, I'd like you to get beyond God bless Pastor. Uh, that's, that's a good thing to say, but say more than that. Uh, be a little more targeted with your with your praying and if, you, if you're not targeted, just think about it a little bit or ask the Holy Spirit to help you but but I think we should pray a little more targeted for our missionaries and for others and for each other and our fa- and our kids, our kids need different things at different times. Uh, what wilt thou is what he said what, what what do you what do you want? There was no rebuke there for, for having for having that desire. now what happens is when we have a desire for something, what God will do, uh, sometimes God will give us our desires and sometimes God will give us our desires okay so sometimes God will give us our desires and sometimes God will give us our desires and I'll, I know that's saying this, sort of playing on words but, but, but what I mean is sometimes He'll give you what you desire and many times God has done that. Many, many times, many of us could say He has given unto me the thing I desired, He's blessed me, I, I have that, it's all come of His good hand Uh, It was the Lord, he did it, he gave it, you know, thanks be to God. Many times he gives us the thing we desire. But then sometimes what he does, he changes our desires. And that's what I meant by sometimes he gives you your desires, but sometimes he gives you your desires, meaning he gives you a desire for a different thing. Or he gives you a desire for a higher thing. And uh, he can change our desires. So I think about the things I used to want, most of those things I don't want anymore. I think about what I used to aspire to personally, and much of that has lost meaning to me. It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It's, uh, it's not... Uh, it's not de- it's, my desires have changed. Uh, my de- and as you get older, perhaps your desires change more. As you realise that you know, I've run my race two-thirds through already, or or half through, or you know, wherever you are in the journey, and you start to think about, is that the finish line I can see down there? Oh, yeah. well mm, oh, I'm getting close. And uh, that can change your desires. That can make you think different about life as you realise, boy, I, I'm close to finishing my course. I remember all the times I used to run. Boy, that, that seemed like that was just way out of sight. That seemed like other people crossed the finish line, but that was never coming to me. But now I think I can see it. And when you get to that place, you know, your desires ought to be changing and uh, you ought to be thinking a, a bit different. And so sometimes God will give you the thing you desire. It's not wrong for you to ask. Sometimes the object of your desire is not really your desire but the object of your desire is what you think will satisfy your desire. So so you desire something that you believe if you get that, it will satisfy your desire. So behind her request was more than just her son sitting on those seats. Behind her request was if they get to do that, that would speak of their position, their influence, Uh, me as a mother and them and a lot of stuff was probably in that. So our desire can focus on an object or may I say even a person but really what we're wanting is what we believe that object or that person can give to us. Sometimes our desires are misplaced and they're misplaced because when we get the thing that we desire... We realise we didn't get what we desired. When we get the thing we desired, we realise actually that didn't give me what I desire. It was where I had set my affection on something that I thought that was going to give me or meet my desires. And I hope this is not too complex, but it's just us understanding us, and uh, understanding that that uh, we we uh, we desire things. Uh, It's it's okay for you to go to the Lord and ask. Uh, what, uh, what it is uh, that you desire and I believe he'd say to you what wilt thou and you can speak and maybe he'd say this well, well do you really want that? Is are you sure that's what you really want or is it really you want this but you think that'll give that to you and so but we go to the Lord with our desires now she did that she went, she said uh, she desired a certain thing. He said, what wilt thou? And uh, she makes her request. Notice verse 22. Uh, Jesus said, you don't really understand what you're asking for. And, uh, and then uh, down to verse 23, here's what he said. And this is initially kind of where I got caught on this passage. He said, it's not mine to give. Can you see that? Okay. On my left hand, uh, on my right hand, and on my left hand is not mine to give. So, what Jesus was saying is, as I have, uh, Philippians, as I've by choice constrained myself, though I be God, I, I, I'm fully man, and uh, though it would not be robbery for me to think myself equal with God, uh, I humble myself, being fashioned in the likeness of a man, and uh, so being in that place. I don't, I'm, I, I don't take on things that belong to the Father alone. Don't try to take that. And so Jesus himself said, it's not mine to give. It's not mine to give. Sometimes we ask things, listen carefully, sometimes we're asking things of somebody who is not able to give us what we're asking. It's not that they don't want to, it's not that they would not be willing to, but they simply cannot. We're asking something of somebody and, the, and like Jesus, they say, I, it's not mine to give. I don't have it to give. I can't, I can't give that. Uh, we can be asking of people things that they, they can't give us. Sometimes we're not fair with our expectation of others. Uh, I, I, I find it's really easy from the cheap seats to, to criticise somebody for what they haven't given you or, or where they didn't, you know, I'm just saying that, that maybe sometimes what we're expecting is not fair, but there are definitely occasions where we might be asking somebody to give us something that they just cannot give. Even those who love us a great deal cannot give us what they do not have. Now, they might try to find it, they might try to look for it, they might wish they could give it to you, but but if if in the end somebody doesn't have what you're asking them to give, they can't give it to you. They just can't give it to you. Uh, My family, uh, my unsaved family, uh, that has been diminishing over the years as people uh, die... I drove past my grandmother's house this last week. She lived in this tiny little house in Scott Street, Northgate, just beside the railway line. Just a little low-set house, tiny little house. And I drove past it just a few days ago. I haven't been there, I guess, for years, since she moved, since she passed away. But I drove past it and I stopped and I paused and I remembered the family gatherings that used to happen there. Uh, they've closed in the garage now, but used to be like an open carport and they'd set up food and family would come and all chairs. And, and I just reflect, that most of those people are gone now. Uh, uh, most of those people, they're not here anymore. Uh, they've gone. But my, uh, my unsaved family used to say to me a lot in days gone by, at functions like that, they'd say to me, uh, Hey, uh, Wayne, say a prayer for me, eh? Hey, Wayne, when you're, uh, don't forget your uncle, eh? Uh, stuff like that. And uh, and uh, what they were really saying was, uh, you know, you're uh, you're kind of in there, so put a word in for me, eh? Just uh, help me, help me a little bit with that. Now, you know, the truth of it is, when they'd say, say a prayer for me, I would, but my prayer was that they would say a prayer, because I realised that, that, that the matter of salvation is not something I possess to give. Are we clear with that? I cannot give to you salvation. What I can do, I can tell you where to go to get it. I, I can tell you who you need to go to who can give you salvation. But no matter how much you ask me for that, and no matter how much I love you, and how much you are my blood, my family, how much I want to give you, there's just some things I can't give because it's not mine to give. And that's what Jesus said, I can't give you this, it's not mine to give. There are some things that, that we just, we can't give. We might be asking of people to give us something that they're just not going to be able to give. Let me say that, that it's a wonderful... Oh, got married a week ago. This is his honeymoon here without his wife. Um, <laughs> He, uh, she's probably live streaming, uh, um, uh, you know, they, they aspire to that, all our people aspire, in fact it's extraordinary the lengths they go to to, to, uh, to, to, to get married, just what, what I think we don't give a lot of thought to for them is a monumental life achievement uh, uh, because you might have to save up for it for five years. Right now, Jack uh, is who came to us when he's 14. Jack's since been in the army, out of the army, working. Jack is saving his money every month, and he's kind of got a five-year plan that he'll be able to pay the bride price and get the girl that he wants to marry. And so, uh, for a lot of our people, these things can can seem uh, 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 a big thing, a big thing to get that. And uh, and uh, it's a big thing for anyone to marry, but. But uh, sometimes, you know, we aspire to to marriage or we aspire to that somebody in our life and what we're believing is, listen carefully, we desire that relationship or we desire that person because we believe if I had them, I'll have other things. And I don't mean things, but I mean I'll feel love, I'll feel comforted. I'll always have someone to talk to. I'll have someone who understands me. I'll have someone who wants to spend time with me. And and you've already created in your mind what that should be and what it's going to look like. But how many of us know (laughs) that uh, after we marry, and not to be disparaging in any way, how many of us know that the person we marry is not always able to give us everything that we thought they should have given us. And how many of us know that we were that person who didn't give to the other person everything that they aspired from us? Because many times what we're looking for in people, people cannot give. What we're wanting in that relationship is not something can be found in a human relationship. There's a level, there's a place, there's a part of you that only God can fill. There's a part of you that God jealously guards over and will not allow anything else to fill. And so, so if, you're, if you're wanting somebody to fulfill certain desires where God is saying, you can't find that in people. You, you, you're not going to find that. That can only be found in me. No, no, no person, no matter how much they love you is ever going to be everything that you ever expected. It's not possible. No person alone can just give you purpose, meaning, reason to live and, and uh, unending. Uh, it's not going to be that way. Human relationships come with limitations. Uh, no church will ever be the perfect church. Uh, no, no, no person can ever be, no matter what their role. And uh, and uh, so sometimes what we're doing, we're asking people to give us things that they can't give and it's not they don't love you but they they can't give that they they can't be that I I always lamented the fact when I was pastoring what I wasn't and I used to think I wish I'd I'd look at other men I think they do that so well I wish I could be like that I wish I wish I had that ability but but I, I you know I don't have all abilities in all areas it, we get given several ability. We get given some abilities. And are we to use that for the Lord. But, but nobody can be everything to everybody. I, I, I found times just to, 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 you know, open my heart and, and just, uh, you know, share a testimony. There's been times uh, when I've gone through things in my life that I felt Suzanne should have helped me through better. But really what I was doing, and she's been wonderful, but really what I was doing, I was expecting more than she can humanly give. Do you understand that? I was almost wanting her to be as God unto me. And she couldn't do that. And though she gave her all and though she emptied herself and, and gave everything, she couldn't give sometimes what I was wanting in you know, some things because God was saying, Wayne, only I can give you that. Suzanne loves you, but she doesn't have what you're asking for. She doesn't have the ability to be able to give you that. Now, the danger is that if that vessel is not giving you what you want to get from it, the danger is that maybe you will not be mature enough to understand when Jesus says, it's not mine to give. You might get angry with Jesus and say, well, you didn't give it to me. No, no, he said, "It's not. I don't have it. I can't give it because I just, I don't, it's not mine, it's somebody else's. All right, the danger is that you can look at the person that you're placing your desires on and because you're not getting from them what you asked for, instead of recognising maybe they don't have it, Maybe they can't give it because they don't have it. What you can do is you can despise that vessel. When I was uh, probably 12, uh, I went on my first scout camp. I was a cub and then a scout and, uh, and Brackenridge. And, uh, and I had a little belt that clipped on and it was really good because you could open the belt and you could open bottles with it as well. It was like a utility belt. It kept your pants up and open bottles and so so it was one of those little belts and and uh, we tied knots and all of that and so the time came around where we had our Scout camp and it was a big deal and uh, I was going on Scout camp and I told my mum and dad I gave them a list of the things I look back now by the way and all the things my parents did for me that I'd never really understood their sacrifice my family was poor I, I I never understood when I lost my school jumper why that was such a big deal. I didn't realise that actually I'd really wounded them because I made them buy another one and that was expensive and they didn't have the money. And I, I, I pain now to reflect on my foolishness as a child, but anyway, uh, so my, I gave my parents a list of what I needed for scout camp and, uh, and they had got those things together for me. One of the things that we needed was a cup, you had to take your own cup to camp. And so my parents had bought me a little little camping, I don't know, it was uh, some sort of metal, perhaps covered in ceramic or something, a little, the old style camping cups that you used to get. And so my parents had sacrificed, they got all that for me. I had my camping cup. And uh, all me and the neighbours, kids who were also in Scouts, we had to assemble on a corner near the house where we would wait to be picked up to be taken to Scout camp. And uh, so we we're all waiting there on the corner in the housing commission area there at Brackenridge, and uh, you know kids do what kids do. And my neighbours, uh, my my neighbours, uh, his name was Mark. His name was Mark Crookshank, and uh, Mark was a bit younger than me. And uh, you know how kids are; they're always competitive. And so uh, we're there, and we're all waiting, and you know, to go get picked up for scout camp. And uh, he says, uh, "This is my cup. Uh, I got my cup." And I said, oh, this is my cup. And he said, my cup's bigger than your cup. I said, no, but my cup is stronger than your cup. And he said, no, no, my cup's stronger than your cup. And I said, no. And his cup was plastic. And he said, well, this is what I can do with my cup. He, and he threw his cup down on the ground. And it just bounced up. And he picked it up and said, see what I can do with my cup? And I said, I can do that with my cup, too. And I threw it down. And my cup. all the little bits of ceramic broke off my cup. And so I picked up my cup and there was all these chips and marks in it. And every time I drank from it, I could feel sharp chipped marks of my cup cutting my lip. And every time, I I gotta tell you, the moment I threw it down, I just, I know I'm reflecting back, I remember the moment I threw it down, I thought, you're a stupid boy. That's what I felt, What, what did you do that for? And then when I picked up my cup and it was all damaged, and he was like, see, I told you. <laughs> and, uh, and every time I drank from my cup, it reminded me, you a stupid boy, you threw your cup down like that. But here's what happened. He tricked me into throwing my cup down because he persuaded me that my cup had to be like somebody else's cup, that my cup maybe was deficient. And what happens is sometimes when you have a vessel that you think should be a certain thing and maybe it's not giving you that, the temptation is that you'll compare your cup to somebody else's cup. And in comparing your cup to their cup, you might get persuaded to throw your cup down one day. But if you threw your cup down, you might realise, what did I do? What, what did I just throw away? What, how did I get tricked into doing that? You know, it can happen with people, it can happen with relationships. Sometimes you're looking to somebody to give you something and they just, they can't give that. They can't give that. Why can't they give it? Because they don't possess it. it. It's just not there. You say, "Oh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get another cup." Yeah, but what if your problem is not with cups? Your problem is what you desire in cups to do, and you're looking for a cup to be a vessel. It's not. What if, what if, what if it's really not about the cup? It's really you, your desires. So sometimes God will give us our desires, but sometimes He changes our desires. Uh, you ought to get to the place in your relationships where you are thankful for what you do have and not not complaining or comparing to somebody else what what they have. The whole idea of pixels and glossy pictures, the whole idea is to distort reality. To distort reality with a perfection that is not found in the real world. But too many people believe in the distorted reality. Too many people believe that somehow that's what life is. That's a distortion. You've been lied to, you've been tricked. Now you're looking for something you won't find because what you're looking for was never in the real world. So we've got to be careful with that and understand that when we come to the place where Somebody says to us, Look, that's, I, I don't have that. I, I can't give it to you. I love you. I'd like to give it to you. Many, many times I just have not had what I have wanted to give. Uh, I, I wish I meet people who are sick, and with all of my strength, I wish I could take away their sickness, especially when it's my children. To see them suffering. When I'm with somebody who's mentally anguished. And I hear their brokenness and I, it resonates with me. And I, I wish somehow I had to give their, and heal and help their mental anguish. But I don't always have it. I don't always have it. And as we are uh, going to finish, have a word of prayer. But just a, a thought now as we conclude. And now let's put the focus back on Jesus a little bit. And I just want to say this, just because you don't have what somebody asks for, doesn't mean you shouldn't give something. Just because you can't give them what they ask for, doesn't mean you shouldn't give anything. All right? So here's what he said, I can give you my cup, and I do. I can give you my baptism, and I do but the thing you ask for, I cannot give. Sometimes we can be thinking, if I can't, maybe somebody is requiring something of us or asking something of us, and we would say, look, I don't have that. I can't give that, so therefore I'm not going to do anything. What I'm saying is, just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you shouldn't do something. So I can't take away your sickness, but I'll try to be your comforter. I can't remove this difficulty from your life, but I'll sit with you in the ashes like Job's friends did. Okay, I can't, I can't be everything to you, but I'll, I'll try to be what I can be. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to be, Suzanne, I can't be God to you, but I'll try to be a really good husband. Suzanne, I, I can't take away all your hurts, but I'll try, not, I'll try to take away some. I'll do what I can do. And uh, and I'm just saying, don't ever get to the place where you think, well, I can't help this person because I can't change their situation or I can't give them what they're asking, therefore I just do nothing. That's wrong. Do what you can do. Jesus said, I give you my baptism, I can. I give you my cup, I can. The other I can't, but I will give you what I can give you. And that ought to be a Christian living I give you what I can give you. I'll give you my comfort, whatever it is. That's the right way to, uh, to deal with that because you'll come across things in life. By the way, Matthew 5 verse 42 says, Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. That's a life principle for me. Give to him that asketh of thee. If, if they're asking, then be, be generous in your giving. Be generous in your giving. I can't, I can't give you to sit on the left and the right, but I can give you the cup. I can give you the baptism. I'll give you everything I can. To my children, I cannot be God. I am not God. But I'll try to be the best Father, I can be. I'll love you with the best that a man can draw out of himself. But I can't be God to you. I can't, I can't take you to heaven. I can't hear all your prayers. I can't meet every need in your life. But I'll try to meet the ones I can. I'll try to meet the ones I can. And that's, that, that would be the Christian way That we respond to that. Uh, I can't be everything but I'll be what I can. Have you noticed that in mature relationships couples have come to reconcile that? I'm glad for what she is, I don't focus on what she's not. I'm glad for what he is, I don't focus on what they're not. In a mature relationship you come to that place. Where, where, where you're accepting, look, this, no, folks, nothing in this life will be perfect. Life under the sun has many travails and troubles. But these principles help to guide us through. All right, let's have a word of prayer and then however we're going to dismiss, uh, we'll, we'll dismiss. Our Father, we uh, thank you for uh, the Word of God. Thank you that when we come to this place... Uh, we do get blessed as the bible gets opened and it's your word that blesses us not really the words of men but your word and then the working of the holy spirit on our heart i thank you lord that you live within us and that as we listen to your eternal word you do speak to us you you speak to our mind you bring things to our thoughts Uh, you you touch our heart about things and we pray, Lord, that we'd be soft to that and easily moulded and easily shaped by your working. Help us to remember the things we've learned. Uh, help us, Lord, to, to give our all, to give everything we can to those we love, to those uh, we know, to those in need. Help us to be giving, giving people like you are a giving, giving God. And give us that spirit. And uh, Lord, when we can't do something, we ask, Father, that you, our all-powerful God that we sang of this morning, uh, who is not limited in any way, uh, that you would meet the needs that we simply are unable to. Uh, Bless each one, strengthen our relationships, shape our young people that their values would be your values. Give them wisdom beyond their years, that they could be equipped uh, to go through life with a good testimony and serving Thee. Help us bless our pastor. I uh, thank you for Charlie being here in this first service. God bless him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.